0: Hello and welcome to We Came From The 80s, the podcast where we talk about movies we thought were cool. I'm Farron, a Skexi, and I'm joined today by our resident mystic, Heather. Oh. We're doing The Dark Crystal today, and it premiered on the 17th of December, 1982. Uh, it was directed by Jim Henson and Frank Oz. Frank Oz, you, you know, he's uh, most notably Yoda. He did the voice and the, uh, and the puppetry for Yoda, but here, as we discovered... Quite to her surprise, he just does puppetry, no voices. It was written by David O'Dell and Jim Henson, and it stars Jim Henson, Catherine Mullen, Frank Oz... I kind of feel bad. I just sort of went through the you know the quick IMDb. I didn't I didn't you know the IMDb entry, so that's Mm -hmm. how I listed starring. But those are just the puppeteers. They're not the voices. I should probably go back and. In any case, you know, by all means, look it up. Whatever. So it was rated PG, which is not surprising. This is not a G film. Like it's a kids film, but it's like we talked about yesterday. Like kids films got kind of intense in the '80s. (laughs) This one was made on a budget of fifteen million which is shockingly short. I mean, it's the standard 80s budget. Yeah, it's your standard
1: 80s budget. If you have
0: to guess the budget for an 80s film, you say $15 And sometimes I wonder whether that's like a thing among the studios. Like this is, we estimate it'll cost this much to produce a film and market it and get it out there unless it's like a marquee tentpole blockbuster.
1: Standard package, here you go. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And that may be sort of a standard accounting thing. And that's fine. It's sort of like, how much does it cost to make a, you know, an, how much do we budget for a, an animated series or a television episode? It may, it may just be that's the way the studio system worked. But for 15 million bucks, which is, by the way, like half of what Temple of Doom was, it made 41.6 million bucks. So it made almost triple its budget. I mean, that's not huge, but you remember, it's a kid's film. Yeah, and they
1: worked for it. Like, there was Holy shit, yeah. detail in this.
0: Yeah, like, that's the thing. I mean, you know, we complained yesterday when we did uh, Temple of Doom. It was like, they missed a detail there. And, and, and why didn't they do that? And how come this is here but not there? And these guys, for pretty much half the budget, we kept pausing going to look at that and look at that. And it's like in every scene, Jim Henson said, okay, now what – and one more thing, one more detail. What is it going to be? Yeah.
1: It created a whole world. And it was the whole world, down to the little crawly thing on the plant.
0: Yeah, and stuff that, like, I noticed, you know, when they're going down the river, there's this one little creature, and it just barely moves. And if you aren't looking, you don't see, you know, you won't see it if you're staring at the two gelflings in the in the canoe. Yeah. You just sort of see it, and it just barely moves. Like, just, it, it turns its head a few degrees, but it's there. And it probably took some puppeteer a couple of days to build that damn thing for a two second shot. And yet there it is.
1: Yeah. It fills the world with life.
0: Yeah, it look the world looks alive. It doesn't look like uh, a stage. Like, Do you ever see the 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 sci-fi miniseries of Dune, the six hour thing? Uh parts of it. Not. Yeah. So they realized the like I, I watched the because I owned it and I really enjoyed it. And I and I watched the director's commentary and the one thing it was John Harriman, I think was the director's name. He'd said, we recognized early on that we couldn't make this realistic. We did not have the budget of the David Lynch film. Not that that was especially successful. (laughs) I didn't
1: particularly either.
0: (laughs) Yeah. But we didn't have that kind of budget. So we decided we would make it operatic. Like it was on a stage, like you were watching an opera of Dune. And and I realized once you watch that, you accept it because you don't expect a lot of detail. When you realize you're looking at a stage background and sand in the foreground, you accept the fact that you're watching an opera of Dune minus the singing. Thank God. Um, (laughs) <laughs> so they, you excuse them for not having a lot of detail. Yeah. That there aren't little muadibs, little sh- you know mice running around in the foreground, right. or anything like that. These guys, for I promise you, way less money, created like you said every little detail. This world is not operatic. You are, n- I mean, yeah, you're on a soundstage. It was almost all filmed clearly on sound stages, yeah. and yet it looks so alive. Yeah. It's very, very cool. It's hard not to be impressed. You know, I think my first complaint about it was the yin and yang sign in Agra's ori. Yeah, and, and you had to... Uh, pause it.
1: To, yeah, to, to point it out. I'm yeah. Like, and, oh, and
0: wow. Well, I see, I'd seen it in a previous shot, and I noticed it, and then next time it was on, I hit pause. Yeah. But, and again, I think that's like, what do we put there? I just put a yin-yang sign, and that was lazy. But, meh. Nah. Like, it's, again, the fact that we had to freeze frame it to catch it.
1: Yeah. And I, I wonder... With the rest of the detail in this movie, if it's not there on purpose. Like, if it didn't uh, mean something to somebody.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think at that point, you'd have to find the guy who designed the set. Yeah. And I'm sure that would be not difficult. One of of these days, I'm going to do this in advance. I'm going to, like, find the guy or the woman who designed the set, tweet them and say, did this mean anything or were you just tossing stuff down? Fill in space. Fill in space, yeah. But something like that, you'd think someone would have caught that and, like, just modify it a little bit. Just enough so that it doesn't look like a yin Yang shot. but. It's hard to, like, when the only two things I can complain about are the yin-yang sign and the Gelfling haircuts. It does fit, though, because of the division of the... Oh,
1: oh, sure. Yeah. But But when you're creating a whole world, don't steal... Make your own divisions. Make your own... Yeah,
0: exactly. But yeah, when those are literally the only two things you can complain about in that movie, you're doing pretty well for yourself, you know? And the fact that, you know, obviously, like, this movie did well for itself, that's
1: impressive. Well, that doesn't include, like, DVD sales and...
0: yeah. And the fact that, I mean, clearly this has done well enough. They're making, I think it's called uh, Dark Crystal Age of Resistance. And my understanding is it takes place just after the cracking of the crystal. I would assume they're going to show the, uh, like, the actual cracking of the crystal itself. Otherwise, what are you doing? Yeah, one would hope. You know, you think maybe that'll be the first episode. Like, it's a Netflix series. And this isn't theoretical. They're making it. Like, Mm -hmm. they showed, they've already released a trailer. And here's the thing. My fear was it would all be, like, CG. No, no, Jim Henson's com- the Jim Henson Company. I think it's Brian Henson's, the son. I think that's his name. Sounds right. Yeah, yeah but Jim Henson's. Of course, Jim Henson passed many years ago, mm-hmm. tragically. But the-, the Henson Company is still a thing. They're doing it all, all puppetry. Awesome. But all those little details that bother us, like maybe a little bad, a bad bit of blue screening, that can now go away because now they can throw computer, yeah, editing at it.
1: Because this is all all practical effects, except for that light at the end, like you said,
0: but when the when the mystics and the skexies merge was the best they could do was yeah, to the superimpose two pieces At the of time. yeah, yeah.
1: but um, uh, but now they could just polish the polish it up a little
0: yeah and that's the thing like when you think like this came out was it i say 82 yeah 92 02 12 that's 37 years there are in, there are an entire like almost two generations worth of people i, I mean eh,
1: generation and a half
0: like right? i was a wee little one i was 7 when this came yeah. out There's an entire, like the kids who will watch this show were not born in the 20th century, let alone 1982. That's, it's impressive that they think this is worth going back to. So they must look at DVD slash Blu ray sales and go, someone watches this. Yeah. But I guess even if, even if the fans of this show, like the average kid who watches this, may never have heard of the film, now they're gonna.
1: Yeah. It's, they're gonna have to
0: re release the film. Well, that's, that's easy. Yeah. Like, these are always pumping this stuff. Like, you can... Like, I saw at Walmart, I think, just last week, uh, it was Labyrinth and The Dark Crystal as a, as a double.
1: Oh, really? Because
0: a, f- a few years
1: ago, I was trying to find them, and they just didn't...
0: I spotted them at Walmart. Yeah, just the two... Yeah. Th- those two movies tend to go together because they're both Jim Henson productions.
1: That was probably t- 10 years ago I was looking for it, though.
0: Yeah. So, you can find them. Um, I, I own them... I happen to own them <laughs> separately, but you can... buy They tend to come as a two-pack uh, mm. these days. Again, it makes sense. They're both kids' films... They're both Jim Henson productions and they're made within a couple of years of each other.
1: Yeah. Um, they're very
0: different. The Dark <laughs> Crystal is holy shit dark. Like yeah. That's a, it's a, a dark movie.
1: I did tend to get the. Every now and then, I got um, like creature scenes switched in mm-hmm. my head between the movies. Like oh, yeah. This, this bog of eternal stench <laughs> and the. You know, they kind of run together a little on me.
0: Yeah. What I find about um, The Dark Crystal is a much more mature fantasy.
1: Oh, yeah, for sure. It's just it's just like scenes of the, of the world and the creatures that I get mixed between the two.
0: Yeah, like Fizgig and things like that. Yeah,
1: I've, for a while I thought Fizzgig was in The Labyrinth, but yeah. he's not.
0: But I think it's because one of them is is a much more mature, a darker fantasy, that being yeah. the Dark Crystal, that's how you find the difference. Like, the bog of eternal stench sounds like something in a kid's story. Yeah. So I would immediately attribute that to... Oh, yeah,
1: that's Labyrinth.
0: Yeah, you know, whereas Fizgig, as cutesy, is the cutest thing in the movie, mm. but... He's still kind of dark. Like, he's an angry little sucker. He's
1: got rows and rows of pointy teeth.
0: Yeah, like, right. Yeah, and, and so that's more of a dark crystal sort of thing, a little yeah. more hostile. You know, Boggle, is that his name? The the annoying little turncoat, whatever it is, that helps out the girl in Labyrinth. He's oh, he's yeah. more ridiculous. Yeah. Or Sir Didymus and his
1: oh, sheepdog. Yeah. That's yeah. totally. He's crazy, yeah.
0: That's totally yeah. No, Labyrinth. That that's, that's not s- the
1: things that I'm getting mixed up.
0: But it's the same sort of feel. Like Jim Henson apparently viewed uh, the Dark Crystal as his his crowning achievement, and it's it's hard not to see why. Like as beautiful as the labyrinth is, the detail isn't there. At least not that I recall. Admittedly, it's, it's been a ten years. It's pretty detailed. Oh, it is. Like I've
1: I've, I've seen the labyrinth more recently than I've seen the the, the Dark Crystal. Yeah. Well, prior to this morning.
0: You know, we should do the labyrinth at some point. Yeah. But it's a kids' film. It's got it's a musical. Kids' music. I mean, it's David Bowie in those pants, <laughs> but okay. Yeah. Yeah. You probably like them, but no, uh, not yeah, at all. No, really? No, okay. no didn't do anything, but in that hair and all that, I mean, it's very much a, a child's story of come and be a child forever with me, mm. you know, give up the baby and you can be a child forever. The fact that the actress, Jennifer Connelly, I was probably 16, 17 when she filmed it. It's clear. She wants to be a little girl yeah with her pretty things she's not th- you know when she th- when she imagines herself being a princess it's a little girl's definition of princess mm-hmm. it's not you know there's no charming prince out there for her she's not thinking about adult things yeah. you know responsibility or romance she's thinking about being a little girl princess that's very childlike this this is very dark this is dark the fact that later it's called the you know they refer to the name as the, was it the crystal of truth mm-hmm. but here it's the dark crystal because mm-hmm. You know, it has become a, a symbol of malice in this world, and everything everything around it. Like the closer you are to it, the uglier and the angrier and the darker things get. Yeah. That's much more mature. You yeah, know, that's yeah. how, in my mind, I sort of split the two. Yeah, that even at its darkest, uh, Labyrinth is still a, clearly a child's film. Oh yeah. Whereas here, like you know, it could it's, go either way. You he show this to your kid? No. Too much?
1: Yeah. There's no. There's no chance. So yeah. So. Not. Not at six.
0: How old do you think you'd have to be to...
1: Uh, I was nine or ten.
0: Nine or ten, yeah.
1: Yeah, we, we rented it, I think. Yeah, I, I assume, like, for
0: me, I this is one of those, it's either, it was either VHS or Super Channel, who the yeah. heck knows. I know I didn't see it in the theaters. At least I don't think so. I could ask my mother, but yeah, I don't no, think I don't so. Think so. You know, it's a PG film, and, and, and you think, these days, a child's film, like a kid's film, you know, the standard being Disney, or... Uh, The the Wreck It Ralph. I assume those are G. Yeah, I I would I would assume like creating a PG or PG thirteen and saying this is for little kids like single digit age kids. No studio would do that. No. And yet in the eighties, yeah, bring it on! Like there were kids films that were so intense in the eighties they had to invent PG (laughs) thirteen. You know we talked about that yesterday, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom and Gremlins, both kids films, but not gentle For little kids yeah yeah which is interesting when you think these are spielberg films but spielberg understood that the darker side of things is attractive to kids yeah and this like i love this as a kid oh yeah and i haven't seen this in i guess i watched it about six months ago you know in preparation thinking you know i wonder if this would be good to do for a podcast and i watched it and i'm i'm mostly paying attention to the story i'm not paying attention to the details and today I'm really paying attention to the details. Like, holy shit, it's dark, and yet it really is a kid's. Like, it's it's there. It's sort of like the original Grimm fairy tales are much grimmer mm-hmm. than modern presentations because the brothers Grimm understood that he, kids like a little bit of dark because it creates that feeling of danger.
1: Yeah. Well, the the world isn't all
0: rainbows and puppies. Yeah, exactly. Wait, it's not. No, sorry. Oh man. shit
1: even even the, oh, no. the six year- olds figured that yeah, out. yeah I
0: guess so yeah. but it's uh no, it, it, it's it's cool and it, and it like the first scene in the film here we might as well just start going through yeah. it I guess the first scene is a picture of the castle and it's dark and you know the the clouds are sort of rolling over it and it's desolate and, and, and it looks like a cancerous tumor mm-hmm. like sort of like a thorny I don't know what like the castle looks like a thorn bush grown grown wild and upward.
1: Yeah, but not a healthy one.
0: No, definitely not a healthy one. I it's got um, those
1: um, on the ground the, the
0: Well the cavern around it, yeah. it, it well, I mean, they, they
1: they kinda glisten black.
0: Yeah, and then you get the sort of the, the, the sparkles that move through, which is a kick ass effect when you realize oh, okay. again, that's a practical effect. I that's was not 1982. You know, yeah. and it's like it's clear this is not a place you go for a summer vacation. And, you know, the narrator's got this deep voice and and he speaks in very, you know, and so the prophecy says, like, it's very stilted and, you know, explains what a ruin this world is.
1: A thousand years ago, this land was green and good until the crystal cracked. For a single piece was lost, a shard of the crystal. Then strife began.
0: And the Skeksis and... You know the you know the arrogance of these people, and they crack the crystal and all that. Like it's there's nothing cheerful at all about what they're presenting, and they show these skeksis, and they're these hulking brutes, and they're like you know I, I noted that they have this finery, like this very almost baroque period. You know the they're, they're, the robes and the and the jewelry and and all this all this crap they're wearing, but it's rotten.
1: Yeah, they're making up. A mockery of it.
0: Yeah, like it's it's moth-eaten, and it's like they stopped caring. At some point... It's rotten. It's rotten, yeah. Everything yeah. is rotten. And then they shift over to the valley, and they show the mystics, and everything about them is very simple.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like, they're these weird-looking... Like, if we don't even realize they're bipedal at first, that they, they stand on two feet, because they got also two sets of arms, but they're always hunched over. It almost looks like they have two sets of legs and a set of arms. Yeah. Until you realize they're, you know, they're sort of, they can sort of lean back and they're using both sets of arms to draw. There is a word for it, the, the, the sand drawing. And Buddhists do yeah. it. And I don't know the name of it, unfortunately, mm-hmm. but like they're slow, like the Skeksis. If you notice, the Skeksis don't move particularly fast. Yeah. But the, the mystics, they just have simple robes. They're kind of like monks and everything about them is simple, but they don't look rotten. Like the Skeksis look like as a, like as a body, their like their bodies are falling apart. They're on twisted them. and black and slimy. And- yeah, and, and well, in some cases slimy, in some cases just dry and rotten, and they're old. Like they're, there's no life to them. Whereas the, the, the mystics, as old as they look, they look weathered.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But like, you look on their face instead of being like just tufts of unkempt hair, and like it's just there's wrinkles and their patterns. Yeah, it's almost like the patterns they're drawing on the on in the sand are shown in their face. Yeah. You know, and, and they're very simple, and they're very beautiful. and It's kind of a neat dichotomy that, as puffed up as and refined as the Skeksis want to present themselves, they're rotten, and they're classless, and they're gross, and as unassuming as the mystics are, they're very refined. Yeah. And they're very classy.
1: They're gentle. They're
0: gentle. Calm. Calm, yeah. Yeah. And and obviously that's that's the point, right? It's sort oh, of yes. like it's sort of like um, you know the when you see uh, the good guys wear black instead of white, and the and the bad guys wear white instead of black. It's me- you know, it's it's sort of meant to show that the just because you look good doesn't mean you are good. Yeah, and then look like Saruman. Saruman on the white, white, nothing. Yeah, there ain't nothing white about him. Um, And then you look at Gandalf the Grey, who looks like he probably hasn't washed his clothes in a hundred years, and yet he's the night. He's the purest.
1: He's a little dusty. Yeah, yeah.
0: he's the purest guy out there. um, Which is kind of neat. And so they show these two scenes: the one with the Skeksis and the ones with the Mystics. And the narrator repeats himself. It's the same words about the cracking of the crystal. But then when he describes the Skeksis versus, oh, hello, Cody. And our dog joins us once again. Um, our own little fizz gig. Yeah. But, uh, you know, the way they describe the two, it's interesting because the narrator isn't judgmental.
1: No, he's just presenting.
0: Presenting. Here's what they are. The gentle mystics versus the evil Skeksis. But at the same time, he's not really all, other than to say gentle versus evil, he doesn't really make a lot of judgment. Because, of course, we'll realize at the end of the film that the narrator is one of them.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And he's both. Yeah, spoiler alert, the Skeksis and the Mystics are, the, yeah. are like the crystal there. They, they were also split. And of course, I mean, that's, again, I wonder as adults watching this film, whether they clued in right away that, this. you know, I mean, it's pretty obvious when the Emperor dies and the Master dies. Yeah, it kind of nails it down away. for you. Yeah. And then, you know, over the course, I think two more Skeksis die.
1: Uh, one the, more. Just the one more, right, the, the, uh, the, the scientist. the one gets outcast, but it was the cut hand.
0: Right, the hand gets cut. Cuz
1: there are two more incidents of the um of the, of the, the connection. The connection. Yeah. And it was the cut hand and then the one that fell in the fire. Right. Cuz when
0: yeah, that's right. Cuz when then, the scientist yeah. Skexy dies, the, the 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 mystic just disappears in a burst of flame, yeah. And then yeah, when the Chamberlain gets Is it the Chamberlain that gets hit on the hand? Yeah. Yeah, and then and then it cuts the mystic's yeah, the hand. the
1: crystal hits, cuts the chamberlain. The Chamberlain's, the Chamberlain's hand, hand yeah. And then the Mystic's starts, to bleed, starts ex- to bleed in
0: exactly yeah. the same spot. They're the same. They're one and the same. And then we don't realize it to the very end when the Mystics stand up. And they're huge. Yeah. But then that also goes back to the way the Skeksis dress with those huge things on their back. Yeah. And at first you think it's part of them. Like this sort of hunched back. But when they strip Chamberlain bare, he's, like you said, he's a pathetic bird. Yeah. There's he's nothing to him. Just a naked little... Scrawny, scrawny thing. But they wear all this clothing to bulk themselves out. Yeah. But that's what you'd expect from something that is evil to its core. It's skinny and pathetic and dried up and rotten. You know, they feel they have to make themselves puffed out and look good. Or, you know, look big. But once it's exposed and you see through the illusion, there's nothing there. Whereas the mystics are huge and they're full and they're they're muscular. But they don't need to show it off so they... They, they walk close to the ground, hunched over, yeah. and they walk with canes when clearly they don't, they need, don't them. need them. And that's the sort of thing that they don't have to show they're impressive because they are impressive. Yeah. That's stuff that when you're designing them, you sort of sit around the table and think, okay, how are all the ways that we can show them to be different? Like, that's a whiteboard mm-hmm. with a lot of points on it. And I again, I appreciate that, that, that they took the time. Like, you wonder how many weeks the designers just spent coming up with attributes to say nothing of actual drawn design. Yeah. And I really like that. Uh, and that's what really the opening is. It's, it's showing the, how pathetic the Skeksis are. You know, you see these decrepit creatures who every day have to show up when the, when the sun hits the crystal so they can get a little bit of energy so they can, as the narrator says, cheat death. Whereas the mystics don't need that. No. they don't. You know, because they're, they're not rotten on the inside as well as the out. And then we get to meet Jen, who's a gelfling who has a terrible mullet.
1: It was the eighties.
0: Yeah. yeah, it was funny because when they you know they talked about uh, you know movies holding up on Skeptics Guide and the one thing Stephen uh, Novella had said, yeah, just it's a bunch of muppets with with mullets that just didn't hold up and like that's the only thing that doesn't hold up is that stupid haircut. But so what? It's also that the mullet is the easiest type of haircut to give if you don't know what the hell you're doing and you've never seen a Gelfling before. Yeah, and the Mystics are just sort of doing the best they can. This,
1: this puppet needs hair. Pink mullet.
0: Yeah, but it, you sort of look and you think that. Neither neither Gelfling we see Jen or Kira later. Neither of them is especially dressed well, like they're well enough because they're both being dressed by other races. Mm-hmm. Jen is is looked after by the Mystics, and uh, Kira is being looked after by Podlings. They're doing the best they can.
1: Yeah, they're they're trying hard.
0: Yeah, you know, they're good enough. And again, this is another one of those scenes with you know with Jen sitting there playing away on his flute. And there's a waterfall. And I, 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 for whatever reason, when I watch these movies with you guys, because I've seen these movies so many times, I only ever pay attention to the background. And so I saw in the, in the distance, a, um, what do you call it? A water mill? Did you notice yeah, that? Yeah,
1: there's a water, there's a water wheel w- there. W- a yeah.
0: water wheel, yeah, with the cups. I had never seen that before. Like, they never refer to it. You never see the, it being used, but it's there. Again, it's part of that, let's build a world. It's how their village works. It's how their village, yeah, yeah. So who knows what they use it for? Grind grinding something, grinding something yeah. or maybe it's how they provide water to the village. You know, an aqueduct system. Who knows? But yeah. it's there. And he's sort of hanging out. And I uh, did. He, was he naked? He was naked. Was it? Yeah. So I
1: think he had been for a swimmer or something.
0: Yeah. So you know, the, you know, the that's you know that's very symbolic, right? The, the the innocence.
1: Yeah.
0: He doesn't. He's not even dressed. It's a little um, bit like in season one when we
1: did legend. A little bit.
0: Jack Tom yeah. Cruise's Tom Cruise, character wasn't you know. naked per se.
1: No, but he was very. Close to nature, and, yeah. and swimming in the pool, and
0: yeah, you're right. And then, and he only sort of really grows up when he puts on the armor, because yeah. now he's sort of stepped away from nature. He's taken up a, he's taken up a weapon. He's killed. He's all done all these things. Yeah,
1: there's actually a few scenes where I got, where I've not strong, super strong associations, but there's a few where like this one, I thought of Jack from Legend, and later on, I, there's a little bit of a um, Luke Skywalker from A New Hope. Really. When, when they first send him on the quest, oh, man. it's not new, it's not a new hope. It's um, when he leaves Yoda, when when Yoda or when he leaves, fades fades away. So that oh yeah 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 yeah. So it, I mean like
0: it's the same is, effect. Yeah, uh, the, yeah, the body and disappears then, and the uh...
1: and then the apprentice isn't ready and and yet he is. Yeah. Uh, well that's
0: yeah. I mean that's a trope, but yeah, that's sure. fine. Like there's a book out there. It's called I think it's called The Hero's Journey, and it talks about all these things. And anyone who w- wants to write a serious fantasy novel had damn well better read that book. Or really any novel. Like it's just about. The journey of the hero, and not being ready, and you know not having all the information you need, for whatever reason, whether it was withheld intentionally or not, yeah. like even the mystic, you know, or the master, re- you know, recognizes I should have told you all this earlier because now you're not because you're not ready, and yet that's the whole idea of the hero's journey. That too bad, buddy. Get yeah. it, get in the game. Yeah. So it's not surprising. It's also, I mean, Jim Henson, they did Yoda. Well, yeah. Like it's, that's it's yeah. Frank Oz. It's that same. School of it's it's literally the same people Frank Oz, yeah. but yeah it's uh it's not surprising that you're going to see connections like yeah, this. But I
1: mean, even with the hero's journey that we've seen a thousand times, mm. and and with the similarities of the other Lucas Arts and Jim Henson Studios, yeah. and this still stands on its own f- oh, yeah. for the backgrounds and the effects and the. It's it's amazing.
0: Well, there's something about practical effects that yeah. you just can't beat. Like the one thing I hated about, I complained about the most about, say, the Star Wars prequels is it looks like a video game. Yeah, like the, the one thing about the Battle of Geonosis, which is that desert battle at the end of Episode Two, is that it was all done on computer. Lucas had a made a point of never allowing uh, a set of clone armor be made. It's all CG, even when it's up close and personal in the third one, it's all CG. Why? Because he could. He thought it was a technical challenge, but it's boring. And then you compare that to the Battle of Hoth from Empire Strikes oh, Back, yeah. where it's people. Actually, the Norwegian Ski Patrol, as it turns out. <laughs> oh, but, no way. Yeah, that's that's who they use. They filmed in Norway. I think that like those jackets. That's the Norwegian Ski Patrol uniform. They just gave him extra sci-fi shit. Wicked. Um, yeah, but it looks so cool because you can see it's people. You know, you can see that it's real humans. They're surrounded by real things. And I love that. And I, You know, the practical is always going to work. That's the one thing I'll give J.J. Abrams credit for. Yeah, there's plenty of CG in those films. Sure, there are. But so much of it is real. Like BB-8? Yeah. BB-8's a puppet. He is. There's a dude, you know, in green, holding that sucker on the end of a stick. Yes, there are parts where it's remote control. But for the up close and personal, where he has to sort of move, he has to move finely. Yeah. Fine, you know, like small movements in, you know, and interact with humans. It's a puppet. Mm-hmm. Practical effects work. Yeah. And they work beautifully. He also made a point with Force Awakens of showing in a trailer that they're using film, not digital recording. Good. Yeah, but that shows yeah. in Force Awakens, whether you like the film or not, it's very clear.
1: I like it more than I liked 1, 2, and 3.
0: Uh, that go- that goes without saying, yeah. but yeah, I mean, I-, I like the Christmas special more than I <laughs> like 1, 2, and 3. Okay, that- maybe that's going a little far. but No, um, you're-, you're not far off. We could totally do that as an episode, a Christmas special, the Star Wars Christmas special. We could totally do that.
1: What have I ever done to you? <laughs>
0: <laughs> hey, man, you got you got away without watching Rad, but that would be hilarious to do. Now that I think about it, I think that's totally got to be an yeah, episode. We should. So we'll make that episode and release it for Christmas as yeah. a special. I think we're totally doing that. The practical, you know, the fact that in this movie everything is a practical fact of just about everything. There's some blue screening because there's only so much you can do, yeah. and but even like the when they show the scary clouds, it's that standard effect that they've been using since the 50s of ink in water.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: But it looks
1: But it works.
0: It works beautifully. And you know what? No one's ever managed that on CG. And when they do it in CG, you know what they're doing? They're replicating ink ink in water. water. So why not just do then ink in water? Yeah. At some point, we're going to do Flash Gordon. All their effects are practical. Yeah. Badly, on purpose. But you could still (laughs) appreciate... The, you know, the palpability of it, you can almost touch the stuff. And I love that. Like, you could go and visit the Mystic's village. You could go there. I mean, it'd be weird and there'd be holes in the ground for the puppeteers. Yeah, but, but still. You yeah. could go there. You could touch one of those Mystics. You could, you know, that sand design on the ground, that's not CG. Somebody some poor that. Some poor bastard sat there with colored sand and made that thing. You got to appreciate that. It's <laughs> pretty impressive. And I really like that. And so... A storm picks up, and Jen heads back to see the master. And that's a beautiful scene with the music. And you see him running along the... I, they I, called him. They call him. Is that what it was? That's the first time we hear the big... Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay, that's right. But there's something just so beautiful about that. that the winds because it's the begin. the storm is coming, mm-hmm. which of course is symbolic. The wind is going. There's not yet any rain, but you can see the mystics sort of shutting down their activities because they're going to head inside out of the rain and you see him sort of moving along and, and you really get the sense that you're walking through a world yes
1: yeah, yeah, it's, it's for sure, so yeah. cool
0: um and he meets the mystic and i like that the mystic's bed i don't know why but i was fixated on that bed it's a cool bed it, 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 it's that it's, it's a it's a yeah. platform it's like uh you know what it reminds me of you know those those wooden um those wooden chairs you get out in the country like these big ass wooden chairs
1: the adirondack ones
0: is it is that what they're the
1: slats it? and the, yes yes yeah
0: it reminded me of that and that the, he leans on it and puts his chin down on this platform like it's it's not a bed the way you and I would think of it looks like almost like a massage table yeah but it's built for his shape not ours yes yeah. but that's that's again that's a detail when they could have simply made a bed
1: put a bed there yeah because the
0: skexies it's this big ornate four-poster monstrosity of a bed despite the fact that that would not be comfortable with those things coming out of their backs and no. it's but it's like they they hold on to that because it's a reminder of what they once were. Like their shitty clothing that was clearly very impressive a thousand years ago. They're going through the motions, whereas these guys, no, this is just more comfortable because it's it, it's built to our form. Yeah. And, you know, he has that green pool, which that's an effect, obviously. Oh, yeah. But again, that's still a practical effect superimposed onto this. Like, there's no CG here. CG could not have pulled off the crystal coming out of the water. No. Or the picture of Ogra's orary. That's what it's called. The Orrery. orrery. That's the spinning, yeah. the, the, the the spinning s- planet. The solar so system. Orrery. O-R-R-E-R-Y. Orrery. Like, he shows what that looks like from the outside, which looks like this big greenhouse. But again, they had to build that and then superimpose it. So, yeah, there's computer effects in here, but it's only integrating one practical effect with another. Yeah. And he sort of explains to him, yeah, I got some bad news for you. You got to fulfill this prophecy. And yeah, I should have told you earlier. Sorry, dude.
1: got yeah, of snuck up on me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm old. What do you want? Yeah, yeah. it's
0: not like I didn't know a thousand years was coming for a thousand years. <laughs> but, which makes you wonder whether he's lying when he says, I should have told you this earlier. Yeah, You sort of wonder whether the mystic knew this was, like, this was, again, part of the hero's journey. It's like, you're going to have to figure some of this out on your own, big guy. And I like that. I really think that's kind of cool. And then we go back to the castle, and we see the emperor die. And that emperor looks like he's actually been dead for about a hundred years, and no one's told him yet. Yeah, like he's pathetic because when the chamberlain reaches for his scepter, it's like it's mine,
1: mine, mine, (laughs) mine. And I'll put him. Not dead yet.
0: He sounds. There's nothing scary about him. these guys, like with the, even the the guy who becomes emperor, you know the only they seem to me pathetic, yeah. pitiable. There's nothing attractive about their power and their strength because it's all based on fear and pettiness. You know, there's nothing impressive about their finery. Mm-hmm. And the emperor is the ultimate of them. He he's just this corpse. And when you know when Chamberlain reaches for it, like I said, mine, mine, mine. It's kind of pathetic you know we sort of go back and forth between the two of them dying and you look at the difference that the skexy emperor dies and there's nothing respectful about his death there's nothing dignified about his death he rots away like his body literally turns to ash yeah. and falls apart and it's and even his last gasping breaths his last words it's all pathetic yeah. whereas the mystic in a dignified manner lies puts his chin on his bed and goes and his last words are dignified. And his body just disappears. And even the death of the, the, the scientist Skexi later is not dignified. He dies screaming in a burst of flame. Yeah. And the mystic just disappears in red light. He just goes. It's It's dignified.
1: Yeah. There's no screaming. There's no...
0: He just yeah, he yeah. just goes. Or even when, or when you know, when the, when the chamberlain gets cut on the hand, Aah! he screams in his neck. Na- you know that gr- even the whining that the other Skeksis can't yeah. stand. The yeah. first thing, you know, the first line is, "I can't stand your screaming" or something like that. Whereas when when the Mystic gets his hand, he says, "And so my hand is cut." Yeah, it's just it, so dignified, you know. It's it, and that's what it comes down to. It's dignity versus a lack of dignity. Yeah, and you know, see, so it's sort of back and forth between the two. You know, these two scenes. And then, at what point does Jen take off? As
1: soon as his master kind of
0: disappears. Ish. Oh, where are we here? Oh, this is too far. Yeah. Too far. He's, um, um, yeah, because there's that ceremony the mystics have where they send the master's blinds, items. Yeah. So they they sort of like they sort of surround they go get in a circle around. Yeah. A campfire, much like the Skeksis get in a circle around the crystal, but they've laid his like his the master's staff and his clothing, and I'm not sure. I think it's a
1: like a backpacker's backpacker satchel, or something satchel right? with his
0: his his worldly possessions, yeah. and they sort of go away. Who knows where? Yeah, but that's not the point. And then yeah, and, and, and then they cut to well, and they're doing that because as they do that, they look up, and there is Jen looking down on the yeah. the sort of valley, and he sort of yeah, he sort he of says, heads "I'm
1: off. not ready," but off I go. Yeah, because so.
0: he has no choice. He says, yeah. "All right, alone then." And there's it's an internal dialogue, like in Dune, where we hear their thoughts. Yeah. Have you ever seen, I think I linked to this years ago on YouTube where they showed an original cut of this movie where the Skeksis don't speak English. Oh yeah. And there's no subtitles and you're just meant to figure it out. My Lord Chamberlain time to choose an emperor. It should be me. Yes. Lord oh, I must roll. You, you should be the emperor. There's going to be a fight. Hmm. It's time to make my move!
1: Mm-hmm. It's me! this for us. This
0: color. Now I happen to like this better, but that's creepy. And as I recall, there is no in your head narration. We don't get to hear Jen's thoughts. Mm. But I like this. I like I, more is more is better. Sometimes more is less. But yeah. here, here, more it, is here
1: better. it worked. Yeah.
0: But it is interesting if you can see if you can catch it on YouTube. And it may not be there anymore. I think maybe Jim Henson's tightened up. Like the company has tightened up a little bit it's on
1: especially with the new series coming. Yeah, yeah.
0: but. I had a chance to see cut the way it was originally where the Skeksis don't speak English and they don't or like the bits that were shit, yeah, their the language were shit. was horrible and I think maybe that's why they decided to go with English because it was hard to listen to and I think little kids you would have been leaving the six and seven year olds out of it whereas if everyone speaks English and, and Jen is thinking in his head it's more accessible just like in, in uh, Blade Runner have you seen Blade Runner? not in a thousand years yeah. So you've seen, so the season, the version you've seen is with the narration. Yeah. That was added against Ridley Scott's objections. Yeah. To explain the film, to make it more accessible.
1: Yeah, see, I didn't need the narration.
0: And I love the narration. I didn't Did need it either, but I love it because it makes it a noir, hard-boiled detective
1: Oh, story. Fair enough.
0: That's why I like it, but I recognize why purists don't yeah, like I it. Sh- I should watch that again. But okay. here they, you know, clearly at some point in post production said, "No, no, we need these guys need to speak English, and we need to hear what's in Jen's said, and it works." I think it, it it's to its betterment. Yeah. Um. I don't think taking away works from it, but yeah. So off he goes, and off the, uh, and then I think is at that point where they where the the crystal shows the Skeksis Jen. I think it's yep. there. Isn't it? Yeah, yeah it's, it's there. That's right. Yeah, because then he screams for the Gartham
1: guards who are. But like that's the, that's the last thing that happens in that in that after the, like it's after they.
0: It, it's after the funeral. After they for throw the out the
1: chancellor. And they have yeah. they have their fight oh yeah we've
0: missed and, that we've missed that. that's yeah. right yeah there's there's the chamberlain versus the other guy.
1: The high high priest. Or I don't think he's, I think he's a priest. I think he's someone so, else. He's the yeah. new
0: emperor, whatever he is. Yeah. They all have a name that they never really give us. We get Chamberlain's name, because that's what they call them. Yeah. And they have a contest for who gets to be emperor, and it's trial by stone. And if you notice, it's a replica of the Dark Crystal mm-hmm. in stone. And to become emperor, it's who can defile the crystal the most, who can defile that rock the most. Yeah. So they swing at the rock with these kick-ass-looking ceremonial swords. Yeah. And it's who can make the biggest hit, and who can knock a... Chi- and it's very clear that over a 1,000 years... They've knocked a few serious chunks out of this obelisk of rock. Yeah. And it ends with the new emperor literally slicing it in half. But if you notice, and it, it, this is the first time it's occurred to me in 30 something years of watching this film, is that it's the dark, it's a replica of the dark crystal. Mm-hmm. Very clearly. And that's how you become emperor. You defile that rock more than the other guy. Yeah. Which is so gross. But yeah. that's perfectly Skeks. It,
1: it fits, yeah. It's
0: Again, it's the whole... It's how much can we degrade the world around us to show we're in charge? You know, it's about degradation.
1: Destroying the world.
0: Yeah. Tearing down the world. It is better to rule in hell than to serve in heaven. Isn't that Satan's thing? So then we get to see Jen mm. find his way to Agra. And again, they could have, I guess, attempted to... I guess you couldn't CG this in this era. But today... It would be CG. the vines would wrap around him and lift him in the air, and and it would look terrible. But here, it, it's just vines. It's just it's practical effect, and the vines grab him. And Agra shows up with her her one eye in her hand. <laughs> That's right out of. Uh, the story of Perseus that we see in Clash of the Titans. Oh, yeah. The three witches, the Stygian witches. With one eye between them. With one yeah. eye between them, which isn't a literal eye. It's a, essentially, it's a crystal ball. Yeah. And they can only see if they've got it in their hands. And in their case, they're fighting over it. Augur is kind of that. She's only got one eye. The other. She's lost at some point, and then watching that orrery, the cool spinny planet thing. Some of those things have sharp points on it. I'm not surprised she's missing an eye. Yeah, she's, yeah. Um, but here she sort there's of has the a story other. Behind yeah, that, she yeah. has the other eye in her hand, and she's kind of cool. This this overweight, angry thing, and clearly she's been around this a thousand years too.
1: Yeah, she said she watched the crystals
0: split. That's right. I missed that. Yeah. That's right. She was there. She, she was there, and it, it's clear the um, the Skeksis are scared shitless of her. They'll lock her up, but they won't hurt her.
1: Well, like. You've said it before in this in this podcast. Uh, she's the watcher. She's it's her job is to see.
0: Yeah, she's the um, the reliable narrator in 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 Romeo and Juliet. That would be um, Benvolio, yeah. Romeo's best friend and cousin. Anything he says, you can be sure is true. He doesn't lie, even though it's to his va- his advantage to lie. And she's the same thing. She's there to tell it like it is. Yeah. Here, everyone yeah, recognizes. Listen. That she's got it right. She's the great Deku tree. Okay, I'm behind in my, my Zelda. You know, I've only ever played the first two. Um, <gasps> Sorry. i know sinner that I am. But uh, someday I'm going to play, I'm going to go back to Ocarina of Time. I really, really want That's to. That's a good one. And and then I want, and then, you know, what's it called? The and, um, one, uh,
1: Breath of the Wild. And Honestly, I, uh, Twilight Princess. You do Twilight Princess before you do that one?
0: I What I really want to play, but I really want to play uh, Link to the Past. Yeah, that's a good one, too. But uh, it's funny, we we keep going off topic, but it's not. Because this is is the thing with fantasy. It's about base ideas. And I don't mean base in a derogatory way. I mean, it's just it, it cuts right to the heart of how humans operate. We use myth, and there's a reason why heroes are the same everywhere. The details might change, but the hero's journey is found in China and in Mesoamerica, and in Europe, and in Africa, and 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 and. And in Star Trek. And in Star Trek, and in Star Wars, much more in Star Wars than Star Trek.
1: Remember the episode where they speak in metaphor? Yeah, ends, Darmok. He's stranded on the, Darmok. Darmok at Darmok, Darmok and, and yeah, Jalad
0: yeah. at Tanagra. That's I think what well, I put you've, that.
1: You've put this we've, in, we've le, talked in about Legend. This yeah. Thing, yeah,
0: it's all like, and I think that's cool. That's the, that's one thing I appreciate about fantasy, even if I don't like it. It's it gets to the. It's a mythology. That's what Lord of the Rings was. He said, you know, Britons don't have their own mythology. This is Tolkien. And he said, Britons don't have their own mythology, so I'm gonna write one. Yeah. Because the story of King Arthur is very Norman. Oh yeah. Which is part French, part Viking. So he he wanted to create his own mythology, but he goes right back to the those those basics: the hero's journey and the prophecy and the wise old whatever. And yeah. And here it's Agra. Yeah. Who is this sassy old British broad. You know? Oh yeah. <laughs> Done by Frank Oz. That's Frank yeah, Oz's that's puppetry. Frank Oz, yeah. And yeah, so once she realizes what he is, I like how she, she just looks at the vines. Yeah, let him go. Or no, drop him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But then there's that scene where he follows her into the orrery. And it's an incredible scene where it goes through a dark tunnel. And then suddenly the doors open like Star Trek almost, but not as, as clean. Yeah, it was slower. And multiple pieces sort of opening up. And you see the orrery, the motion of the planets. And it's not just planets spinning around the sun. There's shit going in every direction. And the music swells.
1: Ogre? Ogre?
0: Like, it's really impressive. That's so
1: cool. You know,
0: and what did I do immediately while we were watching that scene? I hopped onto Google and started thinking of how I'm going to build my own orrery. It's cool. You know, it's very cool. It's neat that it's this orrery is not some small thing you put in your hand or on a desk, it's a huge two story room. Like, think of if you've ever been to like a, a planetarium.
1: Planetarium, yeah. That's, Which that's is what I was going to say too. Yeah. yeah.
0: And, and you see inside there's the you know, used to be, it was an orrery. Now it's these cool video things that yeah. display on the ceiling. It's, it's
1: still this giant domed enormous room.
0: Yeah. And with the planets moving around and this is how she has tracked. This is how she knows the prophecy is, is going to come because she knows the three suns of this world will align.
1: That's how you tell when things are going to happen.
0: Yeah. And it's neat that you know but as she's talking she keeps having to to bend down Look. and miss you know so she doesn't get whacked in the head or maybe lose her second damn eye and it's another
1: um, detail right yeah she she ducks she has and yeah she's yeah
0: they could have had that thing in the background and simply put augra in, in front, front of it in front her. of it yeah that would have been easier to film but no she ducks because it's like you say it's one it's it's what makes the world alive yeah you know anyone who wants to make movies should watch this film yeah. Like, and, and to hell with the story. To hell with the writing. Just look at the way they built this damn thing. Yeah. I, like I said, I just, I can't help but think that Jim Henson kept saying, okay, that's cool. Now add one add one detail that I might not see mm-hmm. and tell the costumer, okay, what's one more detail? And then the creature designer, what's one more detail? Add one more creature that does what? Whatever, buddy. Vermin on the floor. Yeah. Something that lives in a cage on her desk or doesn't live on a cage. Like, just add one more thing and it's amazing what when you when you've done all you think you can and then you have to add one more thing that's how it becomes vibrant put a spider in the corner put a spider in the corner yeah. exactly so she sort of looks around and she ha- turns out has the shard of the crystal the crystal has crashed. <laughs> she has a box of shards box of shards just shit she's kept i mean probably for security reasons so that if so that if the the skeksis send someone they yeah. won't know which
1: it is once well, I'm not sure she knows which one it is. She I think doesn't. She's, she's just says, been collecting crystals.
0: Well, she also has. I think it's that she's forgotten. If she was there to watch the crystal oh, crack, maybe she grabbed it. She grabbed it and made a run for yeah. it. But she's put it in here, and maybe it's for security that she doesn't know which it is. Because remember, he says, "Which is it?" And she says, "Don't know, yeah. don't know." And so he breaks it down to three. And this is the neat thing: the Gelflings are very musical. Both of them yeah. are. It's all about music, and in fact, that's how he. That's how he interfaces with the mystics through his flute, yeah. and how he interfaces with the podlings later. But that's when they absolutely accept him when he plays with them. Yeah. So he he figures out which crystal it is by blowing on his flute.
1: It's the same tone as the chant the mystics the mystics call. It's the same. Uh...
0: Same note. Yeah. See, I'm not musically inclined, so I don't know. But I'll take your word for it. But it I- seemed it seemed awfully close. <laughs> So it lights up and he realizes which one it is. And then immediately the Gartham comes. The thing is, the Gartham can't track Gelflings. They can track the crystal though. Because, it, because they're not on him until he finds the crystal.
1: Yeah, as soon as the crystal activates. They come in, yeah.
0: Yeah, and that's the thing. He has to activate the crystal. Because the crystal's been there for a thousand years. It's probably been sitting in that bin for a thousand years as she finds other crystals and drops them in and hopes yeah. she forgets which is the real one. Yeah. But it's, but the minute he, he activates it, lights it up with his, his flute, they're on, so maybe they've been waiting outside. Because he's there for quite some time. We see that time passes, and he's sort of going through the crystals, and maybe it's been a few hours, and she keeps saying, you don't it's have the time, get moving. And, and I, you know, that's cool. Uh, so the Gartham come, he makes a run for it, she attacks the Gartham, they could probably slice her in 20 pieces, but the Skeksis are afraid, so are the Gartham. Yeah. And she's also just very unafraid. Like she's, Oh yeah,
1: she's she not taking any of their yeah, shit.
0: Yeah, uh, And so she gets hauled off, and then that's when the mystics realize it's time to get mm-hmm. moving. And I, you know, this is where I started to realize I, I think the valley like at one end is the mystics and the other end is the castle. I think that's it. Yeah. Like this is not a huge world. They're not hauling ass across a continent. They're hauling ass across a valley. And the closer they get to the castle, the desert the more desolate it becomes. Mm-hmm. They're not walking far. But yeah, so they sort of head up and she heads off and or sorry, Jen heads off and this is where he encounters Kira who is another Gelfling.
1: Goes through that crazy slide escape patch thing. Yeah, that's right. Spits him out in
0: this... Well, he winds up in the swamp. Jungle, swamp Yeah, swamp. And then she sort of steps in. That's right.
1: Fizzgig scares him and he falls in the... Falls falls in the swamp. Yeah, Fizzgig, the coolest
0: pet that we want. It's a little bundle of fur with more teeth than any six dogs you know. Cute as hell. Despite the fact that he's really overly aggressive, well, can't really blame him for that. Yeah, it's like Cody with shorter legs and more teeth and more teeth, way way, way more teeth.
1: The bark um, is similar.
0: Yes, um, <laughs> as as our as our listeners have heard several times on this podcast, <laughs> but it's neat because they they touch each other. Like she helps him out yeah. of the water, and what do they call it? Dream Just fasting, Dream
1: sharing, dream, dream fasting. I think, it's, I think
0: it's oh dream yeah, fasting, dream fasting, which is makes yeah. no sense because dream to fast is to not have so wouldn't dream fasting being not being not to make fast i don't know whatever it is they share they essentially exchange each other's origin stories which is way better than then sitting and telling each other and we having to listen we get to see cute little scenes like jen being given a bath yeah her we get to see the moment she becomes an orphan when mom shoves her in a, a hole and the gartham grabs mom and then her wandering around and finding the podlings, and him being found by the the mystics. It's all of a minute, I think. Yeah, not even. Not, it's yeah, it's but not it, long. It adds a bit of mysticism to what the gelflings are, and it gets and it, and yet is expository again, as opposed to them sitting around a campfire and and telling the story, which would have been boring. Yeah, who again, wants
1: to see puppets discuss their childhood? Yeah.
0: Instead, we get to see it and it adds that extra layer of story, that extra layer of character, and an extra layer to the world. It's that add one more, one more thing mantra. Um, yeah. And then again, you know, he's sitting in this bog and she calls out and this big slug like lumpy creature lifts out of the water so he can, because he's been sitting on it. And then we see the babies. Yeah. And, then the, and then it immediately cuts to the scene that, again, I'd never noticed before. The Skeksis, uh, feast. the Skeksis feasting. And what do we see? The poddling slaves dragging in? A baby one of these poor little water creatures. Yeah. Because they're gross. And the way they eat is, like we talked oh, about yeah. the gross-out uh, dinner in um, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. And it's what they're eating is gross. Mm-hmm. And these people eating it are, you know, they're fat and they burp and stuff like that. Yeah. But here, the whole scene is disgusting. Like they're, they eat with their fingers, but they're pretending to be refined. So the fingers have cutlery on them.
1: Well, I want to get some of that fingertip cutlery. That's <laughs> that's is, that is awesome.
0: Yeah. Until you, until you get an itch in your nose and you stab yourself in the eye.
1: Oh, well, yeah. yeah that? D- details. Yeah.
0: Then you can be augur. Well, maybe that's
1: what happened. <laughs> yeah.
0: It's the same thing. It's like the finery of the way they eat and the drapes around the table are rotten. Yeah. And they have these pretty silver utensils, but they're still eating with their fingers because they're gross. Yeah.
1: Well, they, they just put their face. They, they like animals. They put their faces in the bowls and they yeah, and, tear and, and spit. And And, drool des- and, and, and dessert
0: and- is the vermin from around the castle, the little mice thingies. Yeah, and they're still alive. So literally, they've just sent the poddling slaves to gather shit up from around the castle, and they have. And it's a game for them. They can they trying to, s-
1: trying to catch them? Can they catch them or? and
0: squish them and then eat them? And it's like. Everything yeah. about them is gross, yeah. and that's when Augur shows up, you know, out of the uh, out of the cage on the back of the uh, the Gartham, and she gives them shit. And they're f- she's this <laughs> tiny little thing compared to the Skeksis, yeah. and they're terrified of her. Yeah,
1: she's just giving them crap,
0: it, it, and it's awesome because they're so scared. Yeah, like for again, for all of their puffed out, look how tough I am. They're they're pathetic, and they're afraid of everything. They're cowards. And they know that she knows what they are. Yeah. And that's the thing. They know, no one, she is not impressed with them because she saw how it happened. Yeah. And is it now that Jen sees the vision of how the how it was cracked, how the crystal was cracked? It's somewhere in here where he looks at the crystal and And we see in silhouette a Skeksy cracking the crystal. Yeah. And again, that's, we talked about this, a Skeksy did not crack the crystal. One of the combined creatures did. But it's the bad side of them, which is... Yeah, it was the evil, the evil. that did it. Yeah. yeah, and so when he sees that the crystal makes it easy for him, he shows him a Skeksie. Yeah. So that, that I found that kind of interesting, that it's symbolism, and he's not saying, well, what is that creature that cracked the crystal? No, no, that's a Skeksie. Oh, yeah,
1: because he didn't know where to go, and he was telling... What's your name? Kira. 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 Um, Kira. That he didn't know what to do with it, and then <coughs> it shows him the thing, and then she's like, oh, now we know.
0: Yeah, it's got to go back in the crystal. It's a shard of yeah. the crystal. Yeah, and so then we go back to Kira and Jen in the boat, and we already we already talked about that scene, but it includes the crystal bat, right? Which are these these disgusting yeah. creatures from the from the palace, and again, they're very decrepit too. They're nasty looking yeah. and they, they see what the they whatever they see the Skeksis see because the crystal sees it. Yeah. And then what's next? Oh yeah, they go to the Podlings and that wicked party. Yeah. This is her. What, what was it? A clan or a tribe?
1: I think she said tribe. I think she said tribe. Aren't these the people from, from your memory? When the Garthim killed my parents, the podlings adopted me. They're my clan.
0: So they go in and there's this wicked party, they're celebrating her return, and again, no subtitles, because Jen doesn't speak the language, so neither do they. And it was you said it was a neat touch and he says, How do you say thank you? <laughs> and she's and, and she says it and he gets and it so close. wrong kinda he, yeah it's but it's neat yeah. it, it's neat and it's this neat party We see that Fizzgig goes and cuddles right up to the podlings. He doesn't bark at them at all. Sort of like Cody once he gets over barking at you. Mm. <laughs> He's right in there. Uh, down, and then, down in Fraggle Rock. Yeah. And That's the thing. They do look like fraggles, don't they? So yeah, the Gartham come. Because again, they're tracking the crystal. The crystal, yeah. And they wind up kidnapping a lot of these these podlings because they use them as slaves. Have we already seen the essence thing? Is that coming? No, that's... That's later? That's
1: af- after.
0: Right. So they escape, and that's where they come across the next morning, like Jen and, and Kira come across the old ruins of the, like the the Gelfling ruins, which includes a throne. Yeah. And if you notice from the uh, the hieroglyphs, the Gelflings did not have kings, they had queens. Yeah. Well, they're the ones with wings after all. So, and the Chamberlain, who of course, we, we sort of brushed over that, that when he lost the trial by stone, they stripped him of everything and threw him out and he's been tracking the Gelflings ever since. In fact, when... Was he tracking them or yeah. did he just come across
1: them? In the no, room? he tracks them. Oh.
0: Part of it is he's probably following the Garthams because the first time they we encountered, the, the first time Chamberlain encounters them is when they raid the Podling village and he stops the Gartham guard from attacking the Gelflings. Yeah. He gets in their way and then he follows them and he tracks them into the Gelfling settlement. That's right. And he says, Look, we can live in peace, just come with me. When it's pretty clear what he wants, Stranger Danger. He wants to turn them in so he can regain his robes and his position in the castle, which of course is exactly what happens. Yeah, You know, later on in the film. So we learn that Kira is illiterate, but the mystics have taught. And it's it's still the best description of what is writing. It's words that stay.
1: I like that. That's yeah. still the
0: best description I can think of yep. for what is writing. It's words that stay. You know, we learn that this is when we learn the prophecy. He reads the prophecy, which is when the three suns align, a gelfling by gelfling hand, a you know they'll put yeah, the shard that, back in which the crystal. Was split
1: will be restored, or something yeah, like and and
0: everything will come together. Just look at this. That that looks just like the shard. What does it mean?
1: And what are those funny marks?
0: Oh, this is all writing.
1: What's writing? Words that stay. My master taught me. And single shines the triple sun. What was sundered and undone shall be whole.
0: The two made one, by Gelfling hand, or else by none. And it's pretty clear at this point. If you didn't already know, the Mystics and the Skeksis are somehow connected. They are somehow they are one. Yeah. Uh, We'll literally learn. I mean, at this point, we've figured out it's one per one. It's one for one. Each of these creatures has split into two. Yeah. Right. Then there's the essence. We get to see what they do with podlings, is that they expose them to the light of the dark crystal and it sucks the essence, which looks like this milky shit. I don't know what it is. I think it looks probably just milk, I would guess, watered down milk. And it comes out of the podlings and the emperor, only the emperor can drink it. And it's meant to make him young again. Restores his youth. For a few seconds. For a few seconds. But if you notice, even the scientist guy says, it has always worked before. With Gelfling. But I think it had worked before with the Podlings. I think that's his implication. Because every one of these guys, had, every one of these Podling slaves had to be drained. Yeah. So I think it's just that it doesn't work now because we're so close to the end. There, he does say it works better with Gelfling, though. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But, but yeah, of course, there are no Gelflings left. I mean, these are the last two. When, when Kira and, and Jen were young, the last of the Gelfling villages was wiped out. Yeah. And by the look of the settlement they were at, it had been hundreds of years since there was a Gelfling city kingdom. Whatever, mm-hmm. clearly the Gelflings have been scattered, and the and the hunted, Gartham has then. spent the, yeah. you know, the, every time since hunting down these small villages. So you know the, the Emperor is not happy that the it essence. Only, it only
1: lasted a minute.
0: It only yeah. lasted a minute. Yeah. Um but we get to see how cruel this scientist is, all these creatures he has in cages and he himself clearly has looked into the crystal one too many times because he has a monocle where his eye used to be. Yeah. And it's this bright white, like that's a camera effect that they probably put a light in the eye of this the puppet and it just comes out as just pure white. Yeah. And so I guess the idea is every that every
1: time he opens the reflector it gets brighter. Window it- yeah. Gleams, Yeah.
0: Yeah. So clearly, what it is is this guy looked into the crystal over a thousand years. He's looked too many times into the crystal. Yeah, burned one out. Um, yeah. And then yeah. So then Jen and Kira get on those cool. She
1: calls the landstriders.
0: is That what they're called? Yeah. So. And they're just like they're actually just humans in suits. Yeah. But they're cool as hell looking with the the sort of the walrus looking face and the
1: mosquito sucker thing.
0: Yeah. And then they're they're on stilts essentially. They're four. Yeah. They're 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 quadrupeds. They're four four legged things, but they're on. Um, Stilts.
1: They're people on stilts.
0: Yeah. yeah, they're they're creatures on long legs, and so they sort of charge. That's how they arrive at the at the castle. They help free the podlings from his village. The poor lance riders both die.
1: Yeah, uh, they go we, down fighting though.
0: Oh yeah, but it's like it's kind of brutal. Like they're snapped and their legs break, though we don't see that. Yeah. It's pretty clear.
1: One of them falls over the cliff, and the other right. One gets yeah, because he gets
0: on top of the Gartham, and the Gartham are these we haven't described them. They they're like cockroach slash lobsters, but they're round. They're beetles. Yeah. Beetles, yeah, beetles, but big,
1: the nasty uh, insect-like, claws
0: gross and, things. Yeah. But when they when they're upside down, they're they're uh, they're helpless, and great. they manage to corner Kira and Jen at the edge of the cliff into the gully, and that's where we discover that uh, Kira has wings. It's like I don't have wings. Like, well, no, you're a boy. I just like how how <laughs> of casual it is. You're male. Yeah. yeah, it's like you're a boy. You know, but that's how you know it's a kids' film. She yeah. doesn't say you're a man or you're a male. It's you're a boy. Yeah. So
1: you don't have wings, do you? Not last
0: time I checked. Not last time you checked it. Oh, well, it's only a Gelfling thing. And so they wind up going in through the sewers, and the Chamberlain targets them, and this is where we realize he wants to drag them in front of the Emperor. He gets sta- and that's where he gets stabbed with the, uh, yeah. the shard. And, and any doubt that it's one-to-one between the Skeksis and Mystics, that's... But again, the Chamberlain shrieks and gets angry and collapses a ceiling just for the terminity of being hit. And the mystic says, "And so my hand was huh. cut as well. Yeah. Like dignity versus lack of dignity. Yeah. And yeah, so Kira gets dragged off to the emperor. The emperor gives Chamberlain exactly what he wanted yeah, he without ever asking. Chamberlain, yeah, yeah. He re- he reinstates him. Kira gets dragged off to get the essence sucked out of her. That goes super well for the uh, uh, for the scientist because she can speak. She speaks animal and convinces all the animals to rise up and." Yeah, toss that bastard but into the.
1: As she's being de-essenced. Um, yeah, he
0: does get some of the essence out of her.
1: Jen calls to her, and she hears right. him somehow. Well,
0: it's a big echoey she, castle.
1: Yeah, and then she starts to fight a little bit, and then Augur says, right. "Call the animals." Call the animals.
0: That's right. Yeah, because she's she's one few seconds she's away. She's in a cage. Yeah. yeah. And uh, it sort of makes you wonder what the scientist was going to do do with Augur. It's not like he he's a, he's afraid of her. He so. had her eye on the <clears> table. I think she had her eye on the table. Or maybe he did. I don't know. Yeah, who knows? Maybe he plucked it out. That's not a scene I want to see. No,
1: I'm just as glad I didn't find out how that got there.
0: Yeah, I think we're all happier that way. But yeah. And yeah, so the scientist takes a tumble out the... The castle has a shaft through the middle, at the bottom of which is where the crystal is. Yeah. And... No, sorry. The it's top the re- of which, the top of which yeah, is crystal. And they have a he's re- a Reflector
1: crystal at the bottom in his That's layer, right. and they open the thing in the.
0: Yeah, and below them is is lava, and so he gets yeah. pushed out and into the lava he goes, and again screaming and flailing and being a bastard, and hmm. then and then the mystic just in a, in dignity and silence. poof, he has gone. We get to see slowly the the mystics approaching, and we made this comment a few times that just the scene with the mystics moving, you could put dark crystal above them, and that could be a poster. Yeah, there's some real. You know, there's a game called Trine, and there's Trine 2 and Trine 3, T-R-I-N-E. Really great game. And at any point, you could take a screenshot, and you could frame it. Cool. And this, there are scenes in that where you can go, yeah. I would put that on my wall. Yeah, for sure. And so we finally see them approach the castle, and the Gartham get in their way, and they have the the most unbeatable cell phone password ever. Oh. Joe. the Gartham get out of the way. I'm totally changing my password to that. And then this is where she like you know, at this point everything happens exactly the way you expect it. Yeah. Jen finds his way into the crystal chamber, so does Kira. She gets stabbed to death. He gets the crystal, he stabs the crystal with the shard. At this point the um the mystics show up and they're sort of reunited.
1: Well they yeah.
0: I'm missing something the Don't part
1: worry. where Kira dies.
0: Yeah that's what I said. He gets oh, sorry. Yeah, so remember he jumps onto the crystal but drops dro- but drops shards. the shard. She, she flies down.
1: Shards, re- it to him. Yeah, because remember the offer the offer
0: said if you give us the shard, we'll let you go free. Yeah, right. He says okay. She says no, no, throws the crystal and she takes it in the back. Yeah. And then Anyway, the... It's, it's it's predictable, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's predictable, but it's fine, because he, I think they've earned it. I think they've oh, yeah. earned the... Predi- There's a lot of predictability in this film, because it's the hero's journey, yeah. but I think they earn every step of it. Absolutely. Um, and it ends with these creatures looking all cool, and reviving Kira, and the... Crass, you know, as this is all happening, the castle has crumbled around them, or the skin of the castle. Yeah. And underneath, it, everything's white and glowy. And actually, I think it's where the effects failed them, because, yes, they're standing on a... You know, they're standing... Like at one point you see Augur standing on a white balcony with white walls in the background and it looks like it's blue, it's, it's blue screen. And it probably was, was, but you know, who knows if they tried to build that and shine lights in from the back and maybe it just didn't work with film. Yeah. You know, it's the one thing where film fails you. There's certain things you simply can't do. Sort of like why in film, when you look at a a cathode ray tube TV, that's the old TVs, why you always have the lines? Because that's just the way it works. the way it works. You know, it's just the way video works with video. It's, what are you going to do? At this point, the creatures, I'm not sure what they're called. Like one of them talks to oh. whatever, the, the conjoined creatures. Yeah. Talks to Jen and Kira. There's a name for it. It'll be, in the, it'll be in the credits. And that's where we realize that it's the narrator's voice.
1: Yeah. And now the prophecy is fulfilled.
0: It's these creatures who have been narrating their own story. We didn't realize it. Yeah. And that's a super nice touch. Yeah. And then it says, "Use the crystal of truth to make the world to make li- your world make blood. your world light." And they yeah. sort of float off, like they sort of fly off into the sky because they're ethereal, like they're ghosts. They're not solid. Yeah, and that's kind of it. And the light—I mean, we see that the slave podlings regain their
1: their eyes come back. Their more eyes more come back.
0: More. They they aren't zombies anymore. And then you you sort of it sort of, you sort of look out. You, you get to see a, a vision, same as the very first shot of the film, with the valley where the uh where the castle is but now the castle is white and that canyon has been filled in it's a beautiful river everything is green and beautiful it's actually just like in temple of doom when you find the indian village it's it looks like someone dropped it someone it looks like someone nuked it yeah. and at the end of the film everything's green and beautiful well, life was restored life yeah. was restored again it, it, predictable but i can totally live with it
1: oh yeah for the effects and the puppetry i I don't even care that it's a, a story I've heard a thousand times. Yeah.
0: yeah. A story a story heard a thousand times is worth listening to the thousand and first if it's well told. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, and that's the film. Like so now that you've come like this is the first time you've seen it in a while.
1: Oh, like last time I saw it I think it was still living at home. So
0: That's a that's a while now. So, <laughs> so uh, yeah. You know, so what do you think? It's
1: still one of my favorites. Yeah. Yeah, like I You think it holds up? Yeah, I think so you can't beat the effects even today. Like I mean like you said some of the green screen stuff, but What are you going to do? The puppetry and the and the world building is yeah. is beyond anything.
0: Yeah, this is I can't think of a puppet, show. I mean the muppets, which of course is also Jim Henson. Yeah. was always very cool, but it's also much simpler. Mm-hmm. This they just it's like Jim Henson said dial it up to 11. Yeah,
1: it's it's the world building that I appreciate in this.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. I am I'm super excited to see Dark, uh, The Dark Crystal Age of Resistance, which is yeah. this Netflix series, specifically because it's, it's Jim Henson's company. It's the Jim Henson company doing it, and it's all puppetry. They have promised this. Yeah. And that's what gets me, because there was a sequel planned, and all through the 90s and the 2000s, they tried to make the sequel... And it kept getting delayed, and the cost. And they said, "Well, maybe we'll do it animated, or maybe we'll do it CG." And the script kept, you know, moving on and on and on, and it just never happened. And then in 2012, they released it as a comic mm. called I don't even remember what it's called, Dark Age of Power, or whatever. It takes place after this, mm. like it, it, it's a sequel. It came out as a comic. I could care less. I want to see the puppetry. You know, it's funny because people say, "Well, I don't like watching you know movies about puppets because it's." I've heard this, I've heard friends say this. I don't want to watch things about puppets because it's not realistic. Puppets aren't meant to be realistic. It's like kabuki theater. Yeah. You don't go to see kabuki theater in its over dramatic, you know, the masks and the hands waving. It's, you know, a weird type of Japanese theater. You don't go see that or opera because it's realistic. Yeah. You're watching an art form. Just like, why must cartoons be realistic looking? Why not be cool? Like, as much as I didn't like the Clone Wars cartoons, I liked the style. Yeah. It's just, let's have fun with this. And that's why I appreciate puppetry. It's, it is its its own art form. I think what it is, is people, especially fantasy and sci-fi and comic book fans and all sorts, they see the Marvel movies, and to a lesser extent, the grimdark DC movies, and they try to be as realistic as possible, especially the Marvel movies. Yep. Everything has to be grounded in reality. And so that's what they expect everything to be. But why? Why can't you enjoy puppetry? You know what I mean? Like Because they do it so well. Yep. You know, so you sort of accept it for what it is, and nothing wrong with puppetry, and I'm thrilled that a new generation is going to have a chance to appreciate that. Yeah, for sure. And there'll be people who say, well, why don't you just do it CG? Like, you're missing the point. <laughs> you're kind <laughs> of missing the point. <laughs> yeah. So. If puppetry
1: is the art form. If you make it CG, that's not puppetry. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, and there we go. We managed three
0: of them this weekend in accordance with the prophecy, and <laughs> we can move on from there.
1: See, it works for everything. It works
0: for everything.